January 12th, 2010, the earth shook all around Port-au-Prince, Haiti. It was a massive earthquake. It happened late in the day and it was hard to know um, what the extent of the damage was. And I was preparing to go to Haiti the very next day with several of my friends. When I was in college, one of my best friends shared a story about going on a mission trip to Haiti um, as a teenager. And listening to her story made me know that I needed to go to Many years later, I had that opportunity um, in the year 2005 to go on my first trip to Haiti. I met many amazing people. I got to work in amazing situations, and I've learned so much throughout the years. Um, one of the people that I've been blessed to get to know is my dear friend, Gertrude Bienname. I want you to meet her so you can hear her story for yourself and hear about what she's doing in Haiti. So stay with us. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. Thanks for joining us today. This is a super special podcast for me because I get to introduce you to someone very special in my life. Gertrude Bienname is not only one of my dearest friends, but when I moved to Haiti in 2010, she also became um, a person who shared her home with me. She coached me in the ways of living in Haiti and getting work done. She was a confident. Um, she took me in and she really truthfully became a part of my family and made me a part of hers as well. Her heart for others inspired me then, and it still does today. She's the co-founder of Notre Maison and the founder of St. Joseph's Children's Home in Haiti. She's in town visiting, and I wanted to share her story with you. Gertrude, it's so great to have you here with us in the studio today. I am glad to be there. <laughs> well, maybe you can begin by telling us a little bit about... Um, what it was like growing up in Haiti. I know that you come from a small town outside um, of the bigger cities, but can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and, and how you grew up? Oh, thank you, Rachel, for talking to me today. And uh, yeah, I come from a village named Damasse. It's a small village with about 5,000 people. My dad is a farmer and my mom is a sells things in the marketplace. And this is uh, how they educate us. This is, this is how they make their living and yeah. to help us going to school, stuff like that. We were seven kids together growing in a small house. It was fun. It was fun because my mommy and my my parents are very religious people, and uh, they introduced us to God. and And uh, since then, we embrace the life of Jesus in our life, in our family. We go to school. We go. We couldn't miss church with my parents, <laughs> and uh, it was a good life for us. But uh, it's a poor village where the people are, don't have much. But we were very fortunate to be going to school and, and to know Jesus was very important to my parents. Over the course of your life in Haiti, there's been so many different changes of, of leadership. There's been different levels of affluence and poverty throughout the many years. 
what do you think it would be like? What would people see um, if they were to fly to Haiti today? Like, what would they experience if they've never been there before? What do you think would maybe look different or the same for them? Oh, I would say before things were not that wild in Haiti. But right now in Haiti, it's a little bit shaky Mm -hmm. where things are different, really. Mm -hmm. You didn't always, you didn't stay in Damasan. You ended up coming to the city. In fact, you spent some time as a sister with the Sisters of Charity, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So what made you, you're not a nun today. So, Mm -hmm. uh, So what happened with that? You know, since I was a child, I always have a a very kind, passionate life to help the poor people. And uh, and uh, this is in Haiti. This is what you see mostly. The people were so vulnerable, so poor. And uh, I was I was I was always wanted to help people, to serve people, and it was it was my passion. And uh, that's why I, uh, when I was uh, 19, I joined the Missionaries of Charity where I was uh, able to continue self- serving the poorest of the poor people. I spent a few years with them. It was a very, very good life for me to be able to serve the poor people, but... Uh, they said you have to to be a missionaries of charity you have to be you have to be out of your country yeah and it was your home country yeah and it was very very hard for me to leave my my family and and my country i said i i think i should stay in haiti and to serve my poor people and i know the missionaries of charity serve the poor people everywhere they go but it was it, for me. I said, uh, "Am I going to leave Haiti?" And I want to stay in Haiti to serve my poor people. It was what made me leave the congregation. Now, when I met you, you were managing a guest house in mm-hmm. Port-au-Prince, and it happened to be right next door to um, an orphanage for children with disabilities called Notre Maison. And I know that that has been a huge part of your heart for a long time, but. Maybe you can share with us how that all started and why you love it so much. When I left the convent and I uh, I said, I, I have to continue serving the poor people because when I was in the convent, I was like going to serve the poor people, going to the hospitals and, and visit the poor people. And and I, and I said, now I have to continue. I cannot, I cannot because I leave the convent, I cannot leave that mission and uh, so i i was talking to a friend she was a, mis- a missionary friend and that that worked in Haiti and she said to me i know a woman that is uh, taking care of handicapped children would you like to join her and i said of course i want to do that and then i i went there and since then i fall in love and we take kids from the street. We take kids from the the hospitals. We went everywhere at the hospital to get the children that in that is in big need. Mm-hmm. And you also have the orphanage for children who don't have disabilities, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that start? Yeah, 
you know, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard. You know, sometimes in Haiti, you don't know where to begin. And uh, the, the needs are right in front of you. And uh, it's happened sometimes you go on the street, you see some malnutrition kids on the floor and people are laughing at them. And, and I, you know, it was like it was touching my heart also to be able to to serve those kids, like help them find food to eat and and give them a home. And uh, and I feel it was not normal for a child to be on the street. And, and I said, I have to do something for them too. And then it was when I began to get to take them and, and, and get them, give them my home, my home to, to live in. So you have received children into your home in so many different ways. I know you mentioned just a minute ago about going into the hospitals where kids are abandoned. Yeah, abandoned. They are. Because, you know, like uh, in Haiti, when parents give birth to a, to a handicapped handicap children, child, and they feel that it is a curse. They don't want to come home. People will laugh at them. And uh, so they just leave the child at the at the womb at the at the hospitals, any hospitals, and they run away. And uh, so this is the children I went to visit, and I take them and and uh, people who don't live their life surrounded um, by the depth of poverty that you see sometimes in Haiti might not understand what it's like to see children abandoned Mm -hmm. in a hospital or abandoned on the side of the street. But um, I'm thinking of a story in particular um, that that I'm wondering if you could share with us. It's a story of Forlan um, Mm -hmm. and how he came to be a part of your orphanage. Yeah, Forlan Forlan is a 12-year-old boy. I was walking one day and I found him eating in a pile of the dirt. He was sitting there and eating like anything he found, anything. And so I said, "Uh -uh. a life of a a human being cannot be this way. And so I take Fallen home at the orphanage and I I said to one of the nanny, oh, we we have one more child. And the nanny said, Madam, we cannot take any more child here. It's a hard job. And I said, this one needs a home. We have to keep him. And it was not an easy job, really, because because he was eating on the dirt. He used to eat dirt. So everything in the yard was food, food for, him. for him. And so... We we took him in and we bathed him and we watched him very closely. Then he become a human being yeah. where he eats real food. And he's lived there for eight years now. And yes, yes, can take care of a lot of things on his own. Not changing mm-hmm. his clothes. He changes clothes all the time. <laughs> eats real food. <laughs> yes, he eat by himself. Sing songs. Sing song. <laughs> Even compose song. <laughs> I think uh, the nanny. Probably had a really good point. It's not an easy job. Yeah. How many children live at your at your orphanage now? Right now we have forty seven. It's it is the least we have since we opened. The, the max is is for uh, fifty fifty five. Oh my stuff goodness! Like that. Yes. Well, it's a good point. Forty seven children, some of which have 
different levels of disabilities. All kind, a of, lot to all kind of different disabilities. How many nannies do you have that work for you? Right now, I have 20 people working at the facilities. Like we have nannies, we have uh, laundry people mm-hmm. because they do laundry by hand. We have cooks and gatekeeper, all the time. What kind of care do the children receive? You have the nannies who are watching over them, kind mm-hmm. of making sure that their needs are being provided for. But um, what other special um, care do the children at your facility receive? Oh, they, right now, not only, and it was something that really, really bothered me so much. And when I see, I, fe- I can feed my kids. I can, I, I bed them. I clean them. I I sing with them, <laughs> but there was one thing missing in their life. It was in education, yeah. and uh, and I said, uh-uh, I have to also give them an education. And it is when I began to open a school for my kids at the orphanage, and and I said, uh, after opening the kids for uh, the school for two years at the orphanage, I couldn't take kids in the neighborhood or the community and because the facility was not that big and finally god bless us now we have a real school where my kids can go like every kids like every normal kids they wear their uniforms every day and they go to school it's it's really it's really make my heart happy. The name of the school is Haiti Center for Inclusive Education. You even started an official school called yes. the Haiti Center yes. for Inclusive Education. This was this was my big dream and I and and 2 years ago I am so glad I made it. it <laughs> it's a victory for me. <laughs> I remember days um when I was living with you I remember days where the kids who um could there aren't there aren't a lot of schools for children with special needs in no, Haiti, no. period. Mm-hmm. If you don't fit into the normal school model that they have, you're probably not going to last very long in the school system. And I remember days where the kids who were going to school from your orphanage, I remember them getting up and getting ready and having their uniforms on and getting ready to go out the gate. And I remember the faces of the children who were left behind. Mm. That yes. were so sad that they it couldn't was. go to school. It was. And then you found a school that they could go to. And I remember them getting loaded onto the pickup truck. Mm-hmm. The kids who couldn't walk, they would get lifted up into the pickup truck because there's not a school bus to take them. Mm-mm. And they would take their drive. And it wasn't like it was super close no. to get them to school. But, like, you made this effort to provide education for these children, even yes. though there wasn't much of a path. And now to hear you say that where there wasn't a path, you went ahead and just made your own. Yes. You, you were like, no, there's got to be an answer for this. And um, I can even hear the joy in your voice when you say the name of this place. And I'm sure it comes with a lot of its challenges. Like, what are some of the things that are hard about starting a school in Haiti? Oh, you know, I think uh, there is an expression that says when where there is a, a will, will, there is a way. way. I think uh, God God was there, and I think He was the one that helped me, that leads me to that path. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like pretty easy for me to get that uh, that building, and uh, and to be able to to have the school there for the kids. 
So I know you have, in your years, encountered a lot of people who um, come to Haiti on mission trips. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm sure you've experienced a lot of things in that regard. Um, But I'm wondering, um, for the people who are are wondering, like, how can I best help um, somebody like Gertrude, who's really has the hands-on opportunity of serving the poor in this way, what are some of the best ways that people have helped you? You know... I think the best way to help is to come mm-hmm. and see and be friend with the kids mm-hmm. and watch them and feed them. And they love that so much. And then we need soap, <laughs> stuff like that, diapers. Yeah. All the normal things. Oh, that you, yeah, yeah. And there are things that are maybe not as easy to get in Haiti. To get in Haiti. Uh, we were just talking the other day about how it's hard to get Lysol. Yes. In Haiti. Like, yeah. that's a that's a hard thing to get. You think, I have a house with 50 kids in it. Lysol mm. might come in handy. Yes, <laughs> But yes. it's hard to get when, mm-hmm. you, uh, when mm-hmm. you live in Haiti. But, you know, we joke a lot of times about some of the, the strange help that you get. Um, what are some of the... The, 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 the big... Uh... The big soap? Yeah. <laughs> the one time, there was this one time that... Uh, when they our t- container got stolen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and instead of giving you the things that you had on the container, they gave you like a four hundred pound of liquid soap container of liquid soap. Yes, yeah, you used every drop of that soap. Every drop of nothing it. goes yeah. to waste at Gertrude's house. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point that you make, though. That that one of the best things that you can do to help is to actually see it. See it. Yeah. And know it. Yes. The kids, you could see they jump. And when they see people come and visit them, they just like jump and laughing and smiling. And people play with them and they can, they enjoy it really. Changes your life. Yes. Well, God calls us to serve in a lot of different ways. And one of the things that I love about watching you is that you're not afraid to try anything. If you have an idea and you think that it will make things better for the people around you, you're mm-hmm. going to try it. Trust uh, God. Trust Him. I think He's there. Even when you don't know where the money will come from. Yes, I am full. I am like, I, I do it. <laughs> I crazy? do it. Yes. <laughs> you trust God. Yes, I trust Even Him. When you do, I, I trust Him blindly. I know He will take care of it. And if you are doing good things, I think God supports you. Mm. I think a lot of a lot of us have this desire to to serve and we want to do something and we want to do something great. And we hear stories like like yours of what you're doing in Haiti. And um, we want to be a part of something big like this too. What words of wisdom would you give to somebody who's who's thinking, I wanna I wanna use my life, I wanna live out my faith in the world around me? What wisdom would you share with them? Oh, I think. God always lead people to the right right spot. But I think if you want to do something for God, I think you should pray to him mm-hmm. and ask him to lead you to where he wants you to be. Because where he wants you to be, it will be the right spot for you to be. And you will be happy being where you have to be. That's what I would say. Praying is uh, is where where to begin. Gertrude, it's so great to have you here and to get you 
to share a little bit of your story with us today. I wish everyone could sit down with you for hours and hear you um, tell all the stories and we could just sit around and laugh together and and share all of that. But I, I really thank you for stopping by to share with us today. And thank you um, for loving the least, the people who are oftentimes forgotten by society. Thank you for everything that you've done for inspiring me and for inspiring all of us to love a little more in this world. Thanks for sharing your story today. I want to thank you, Rachel, for what you are for me and what you do to help me. I know I couldn't do this job without you guys because mm-hmm. you, when you see me doing it, you just jump. You were a group of a group of young ladies <laughs> that really was really jumping and said, oh, we have to help Gertrude. And and I appreciate that. And thank you so much for being what you are to me and to the kids in Haiti. Well, we're definitely stronger together. That's yes. for sure. In Matthew chapter 5, God gives us what we call the Beatitudes. One reads, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Another reads, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Gertrude's sacrificial living is changing the lives of children who might not otherwise experience comfort for their broken hearts and healing for their broken bodies. Most of all, she's sharing life-giving hope, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Might we all be nudged to service, knowing God can do great things among us and through us for His glory. That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action, and send us an email.